Experience medieval times. A world of excitement, adventure, and wonder. Feast upon a delectable four-course meal. And behold authentic jousting and swordsmanship. It's the perfect place for celebration and revelry. New power, new show. Kids and students, just $34.95. Visit MedievalTimes.com. Up, Rustic fans, your host with the most, George McKay. I'm in the building. I'm here with my cohort in crime, Steve the Animal Mitchell. What's up, wrestling fans? What's up is that we are post Survivor Series. We make a small pit stop in December at TLC, and then we're right straight beeline to Royal Rumble. Yes, we are. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to everything that kind of went down the shape, the landscape, if you will, of what's changing in WWE. And I have to say that this was probably. The most entertaining weekend of WWE wrestling that I have literally seen in a very long time. War Games was stellar. And I actually have to say the main roster really stepped up their game and came out swinging with their performances at Survivor Series. I really have to say that everything this weekend was near perfection. We usually don't do this anymore. We don't really run down through the pay-per-views. We actually decided not to do a pre-show sorry, for Survivor Series because we were protesting Nia Jax breaking Becky Lynch's nose and really not being written out of the card, written out of the storyline. We understand there was some backstage heat from what we've seen and what we've heard and what we've read, but it was just interesting. It was a whole interesting weekend. So we kind of want to take a quick rundown through uh, NXT TakeOver War Games. And then we want to go into the Survivor Series card, and then we want to kind of discuss a couple things, tidbits that happened on Monday Night Raw, and where we see things going kind of from here, <clears throat> and how things are going to progress leading into storylines for TLC, which I can already see some stuff taking shape, and leading into uh, Royal Rumble, which we already know the main event at Royal Rumble will be Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal title, which means we won't see Brock again for two months. Yep. Now... I'm not sure, maybe you can help me out with this, when is the UFC fight in January? Is it January or is it February? Well, I thought it was in January. I don't know the exact specific date, but I thought it was in January. Okay. But I'm assuming that it's because probably it's probably mid-January. Yeah. I imagine that it might be either mid-January or February. Okay. So while Steve checks out the date on that, so we obviously know that we're obviously going to see Brock Lesnar coming again in Rumble. He will have the Universal strapped with him. But what the interesting implication here is... When the UFC fight is, the exact date, and when and if he will have the Universal title strapped with him when he walks out on UFC television. Because we know that this was what was best for business, and as soon as Roman had to take a step back for his cancer battle, which we hope is going well, we send all our prayers and well, well wishes his way again, and we hope he's fighting that good fight and he's going to be coming back uh, stronger and better, maybe with a little bit of a better attitude going forward, a little bit edgier. 
I would like to see not so much the big dog. I want to see uh, I want to see heel Roman Reigns, which we have really not seen yet. We've seen a lone wolf Roman Reigns and all these other personas, but we haven't really seen a darker side, which is what I'm I'm looking forward to the most for seeing. But um, you want to you want to do a quick rundown here of uh, War Games? Sure, because then, I'm sure there was not a lot of dislike. I'm sure there was a lot more likes about War Games than there was dislikes. Absolutely, <clears throat> just going to go with this uh, Daniel Cromier versus Brock Lesnar. So as soon as uh, as soon as they announced it, there was supposedly they were supposed to do it. Uh, the, they planned for the fight to occur at UFC 232 on December 29th. Uh, with that date highly unlikely, the next logical date on is, is on uh, Saturday, January 19th, um, which is apparently that's supposed to be a pay-per-view. That's supposed to be a potential pay-per-view fight. Um, and then there's more dates proceeding all the way up until July. Like there's potential. Uh, yeah, Karomia has imposed a hard deadline. Of retiring on his 40th birthday on March 20th, so the fight will happen before then. Um, but so yeah, there's so now that so sorry, I read I read a different date that was supposedly there was one supposedly happening in July, but now it's uh, up until up until March 20th is apparently the deadline. For so this we fight. can see the fight. I, we're not going to see it in December. We could see it in January, February, or March. Yeah, depending on whatever UFC <clears throat> they decide to actually throw it on. Apparently, the the actual date of the fight has not been announced, but the actual fight has. But the just the date hasn't. I'm going to say February, just because it makes logical sense. Not going to have him go to a UFC fight, get yeah. all mashed up and broken, and then stroll into Rumble with, like, bandages on his face. Basically. So, and I'm not if saying... They, if they even... If Chrome even gets even a one punch on Lesnar to begin with. Really? You're, gonna, you're giving the... You're, you're, you're picking that fight as Lesnar? I'm picking the fight as Lesnar simply because of just how much of uh, the personality traits that I've seen in Daniel Chrome. Even though we're not a UFC, we're not we're not a UFC affiliated thing in any way that we like you know rap about UFC stuff. But uh, from Daniel Cromier and seeing his his, uh, his character, I'm imagining that Brock Lesnar is literally going to walk in there and he's going to eat. He's literally going to eat him for breakfast. Well, considering that retirement is inevitable, Cromier doesn't care. This is just one more big money fight to tighten up his wallet, if you will. Yeah, and it's just Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's an animal. I always put my money on Brock well, Lesnar. i got to say this much. When, when Lesnar, for the year that Lesnar was banned from UFC, he really did pack on the weight. Yeah. And he looked like he wasn't caring. But the last two times I've seen him at Crown Jewel and here uh, at um, Survivor Series he just passed, he looked lean. Yep. He looked tight. He looked strong. He looked ready. And he wasn't sweating profusely. The match with Daniel Bryan went, if I correct me if I'm wrong, about 20 21 minutes. Yeah, he only started sweating near the end. It yeah, was only about it was, 15 it was about minutes 15, in. 15, about 15 minutes in, 20 minutes in. That's when he actually, well, the fight was only about 20 minutes, but like uh, 20, 25 minutes. But yeah, for the last like five minutes, 10 minutes, he, that's when he started sweating and was like, this is awesome. This so is now, now we know he can actually progress a little bit longer than the standard 8 to 11 minutes, which we've seen from him. Yeah, exactly. So, which is exciting. But let's exactly. let's let's hold off on the Survivor Series stuff for a little bit. Let's so go to NXT. Let's, let's go talk to War Games. Let's talk War Games. What can we not say about NXT? Every time they put on a pay-per-view, especially now this is the second War Games they've put on, it leaves your jaw on the floor. Yeah, what was your favorite part about that? Oh, are we talking about the War Games match, just the pay-per-view as a whole? Just the pay-per-view as a whole, but like, pay-per-view as a whole, and um, I imagine you probably have like a, a, a mixed bag between, this is my favorite, and this is my favorite match, what was your like one or two favorite matches, best best matches on the card? Okay, best matches on the card for me, and this may surprise a lot of people, obviously War Games was definitely my favorite match on the card, but, or actually my second favorite match on the card. That may surprise a lot of people, well, why... Why is the host saying War Games was his second favorite? 
because the storyline that was told in my first favorite match, and again, a lot of people out there know I'm a Gargano guy. So automatically, all of our listeners are going to say, oh, he was all about Gargano and Black. I wasn't. I liked that match, but it was not my number one. Surprisingly enough, my favorite match on the card from beginning, from bell to bell, was Dream versus Kappa for the title. The story that was told, the way they literally left it all in the ring, how there was literally so many near falls. It was ridiculous. At one point, I was exhausted, like rubbing my eyes about who who's going to pin who. Yeah. They, he, I mean, Kappa kicked out of the, the Purple Rainmaker. Then uh, Dream kicked out of that crazy super kick that he caught him from the side. Like, there was just ridiculous pinfall after almost pinfall after almost pinfall. Yep. I was exhausted after that match. I literally had to take a step back and be like, I can't. I just, I got I know the war game stuff's coming, but it's going to be about 10 minutes intro. I got to take a smoke break. I got to clear my head. I had to go take a smoke break after every match. Like, I literally <laughs> had to go take a smoke break after every single match. It but, was that good of a pay-per-view. Compa and Dream really, really impressed me as I kind of knew they would. But they impressed me more than I think I wanted them to. Yes. And I, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, I went in there with very, uh, this was going to be a good match, but it turned out to be an amazing match. Yep. And all I have to say is about if you want to, you want to knock a lot of people knock the indie system to the WWE system. When you come up in the WWE system right from the ground up, people think you can't hang. If you didn't earn your stripes in indie, you can't hang with the big boys. Yep. Well, look at a guy like Velveteen Dream. Started off in Tough Enough, made it to, I believe, the top five or four, and then was cut. Actually, I believe he was cut at six. I'd have to check that, but I believe he was cut around mid middle of the pack. Yep. And this is a guy who still got an entry-level contract, worked his way up on NXT TV. They gave him a, a kind of a rinky-dink character that I don't think a lot of people were overly excited about when he first debuted, but he turned it around. He made it this mixed bag of uh, Rick James meets Prince meets Rick Rude meets Macho Man Randy Savage. And it's just it's just this larger-than-life character that we haven't seen in a very long time. Because now everybody's named Aleister Black, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns. Nobody's Hulk Hogan. Macho man, ultimate warrior. But now yeah, we've kind of attitude era NWO twist. If well, the NWO, there were the yeah, yeah, guys, the Hall give, and Nash. Give you a and name. Like, they give you a first and last, last name, name and stop with the gimmicky names. Give them a first and last, and that's it. Right, and that's been great. That's what's worked well for the last twenty years. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm I'm looking at this larger life character who we know is not the man. He's portraying a character, which is what they all are. Seth Rollins is not really Seth Rollins on camera. Seth Rollins off-camera is probably a very different person. Dean Ambrose is not a psychopath off-camera. Well, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> but Check the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast. That's, yeah, that's yeah, all I gotta yeah. say. He, he, listening to him talk is like watching Randy Orton wrestle. What, watching that chronicle was just like, wow, fire this guy. Train wreck. Like, just fire this guy. <laughs> Seriously, I got five minutes in. I watched the whole thing, but I got five minutes in. It was like, fire Dean Ambrose. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, like I haven't seen a larger than life persona character in a very long yeah. time. So what he's done with the character is a little short of amazing. And again, this is a character and a wrestler that's been developed in the WWE system. From Performance Center to NXT to eventual down the line, when he's ready, main roster. Yep. 
And I'm just hoping that we don't lose what we've gained from him in NXT. Mm -hmm. Which, unfortunately, if Vince McMahon is still breathing by the time he gets up there, there's a good chance Velveteen Dream will become, a, unfortunately, a mid-card guy. And it sucks. Because I really do see heavyweight potential in his future. But I think Vince McMahon has to go away first. And that's the honest truth of the matter. I think no, so. no matter what what guy we love in NXT coming up, they always lose a little something once yeah. Vince McMahon and his creative writing team get their hands on him. So I say keep Velveteen, Gargano, those guys down there as long as possible yeah. before you bring them up because when they come up, we're going to lose what we've what we've been so entertained by in NXT. And that's just it's it's not it's not saying that it's going to happen. It's a fact. Yeah. It has happened. Bobby Roode, amazing in NXT, mid card. Now he's teaming with Chad Gable. What the hell is that about? Finn Balor. Amazing. NXT. Haven't seen the Demon in a year. And when the Demon came back, it was for one night only against AJ Styles, which was a 10-star match. Yeah. Yeah, 10-star. I said it first, Meltzer. Me. I said it first. Okay? So, like, you look at... Like, there's just proof in the facts that when an NXT guy comes up, they get lost in the shuffle. Mm. Point proven. Lars Sullivan is coming up sometime soon. I believe he's coming up to the Raw brand. Yeah, he wasn't very entertaining in NXT, but he did have some great moments in matches. So I'm interested to see where they put him. I'm probably going to say on Raw because I see Lars Sullivan versus Braun Strowman as a very possible. Yeah, absolutely, I see it as a very possible. You have two monsters. Literally now, Braun Strowman can't say he's a monster among men because hold on, wait a minute. Hi, I'm Lars Sullivan. Yeah, I'm a, a jacked up, hairless uh, albino. And I can do this, and I can do moonsaults <laughs> off the top rope and yeah. do all this crazy Vader stuff. And yeah. Like, can actually really hang with, like, a, a lot of the young guys. They can hang with the lighter guys. Yeah, he can, hang, he can hang with a guy like Rey Mysterio and move just as quick. Yep. If not quicker. He can have a great match with AJ Styles. You know what I mean? Like, that's it's 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 awesome to be able to look at Lars Solomon and actually be able to say, you can do that, like, the same way Braun Strowman would be able to have a great match with AJ Styles. Well, yeah, but Braun Strowman's a one-trick pony. He can't move. I mean, he's got some speed to him, don't get me wrong, but he doesn't, Braun Strowman doesn't go off the top. He doesn't fly off the turnbuckle. That's not his bread and butter. His bread and butter is, I'm going to pound you into the ground yeah. until you can't get up. Yeah. Super so. speedy, though. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. The speed on that guy <laughs> is ridiculous. Uh, we do also know there will probably be some returns. From what I understand, Kevin Owens is near full recovery. Yep. So I expect to see him post-TLC on the road to R R Royal Rumble. Or maybe a surprise entrant at the Rumble. Yeah, yeah. Which would be great to see. Because uh, I miss I miss me my Kevin Owens, man. That's... Bromance number three. Right. <laughs> so I miss me my Kevin Owens for sure. Um, but uh, you know what? Uh, like I said, Velveteen and Ciampa for me was uh, match of the night. Uh, second favorite match of the night was War Games because they left it all on the table. All from, you know, my guy Adam Cole. I'm not going to say baby. I know how you feel about it. But <laughs> my guy Adam Cole in the Undisputed Era lived up to everything that they could. And yeah. Ricochet, I continue to become a fanboy. Not a fan. I'm not going to say I appreciate him. But there is a potential budding bromance. How could how the how the you know what we 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 say all the time we're like well we don't swear anymore but we swear every week how the fuck could you not like at the end of this especially at the end of that match and especially what they did what him what him and Pete done because the whole match was basically revolved around him and Pete. Oh, side like, note, Pete Dunne, really congratulations on the yeah. newest addition to your family. She's absolutely gorgeous. Glad to see that mom and baby are doing completely wonderful. Yeah. And kudos to you for after going through that hellacious match, hopping on a plane to take the eight-hour, nine-hour flight back yeah. to London, uh, to uh, the UK. To uh, So congratulations on the newest bruiser weight. 
Can't yeah. wait to see uh, what uh, she's if she's gonna you know it's gonna look more like daddy or mommy or if she's gonna have daddy's attitude and chops and mommy's good looks. We'll see. Well, the time will tell. But congratulations to you. I have two daughters and it's an absolute blessing. It's a hundred percent blessing. <laughs> but yeah, for me that was a third match. Favorite match to get back to war games was probably Gargano and uh, Black. It was a great story. Great move sets. Great almost falls back and forth. Uh, the ending was totally what I expected. Um, so not a surprise there. Now we officially know who the number one contender is. Uh, mm-hmm. Weakest match of the night for me, and this is a surprise because I absolutely love her, was Shayna Baszler versus Kari Zane. I don't love Shayna Baszler. I love Kari Zane. I've been about Pirate Princess since the Mae Young Classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, this match was subpar for me. It was just uh, the same thing that we saw at Evolution. It was a two out of three falls, uh, but we again saw the interference from the UFC girls, and then we also saw the interference from some NXT girls coming out to help uh, Kari. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It, this match was by far the weakest match on the card for me. Best, or actually, side note, amazing match. Matt Riddle, one second knockout on Cassisono. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely yep. love it. I have hated Cassisono since day one, and Matt Riddle literally coming out the one knee to the face. One, two, three, see you later. I loved it. Matt Riddle came out. He looked jacked. He looked ready. He looked super happy and excited to be there. Yep. So now we've seen it. Show me more. Show me what I've seen down in the indies. Show me why you're here. Yep. I know, hey, look, you're, bro, bro, I get it. You're happy to be here. I got to see more. If I don't see more very quickly, I will lose interest in Matt Riddle because my opinion of Matt Riddle right now, one trick pony. He's got to be in a match right away with somebody who he can show me his full extent. Totally. And I foresee that candidate to be Velveteen Dream. Give me Matt Riddle, Velveteen Dream. Let me see how he flows. Because right now, the best thing in NXT character, storyline, in-ring ability, for me, is literally Velveteen Dream. The guy's the whole package. Mm Mm-hmm. And not to take anything away from Black, anything away from Gargano, none of them. They're all stellar. But Velveteen just got that little more. So I look at Velveteen now as the undertaker of NXT, if you will. You want to get to that title. You want to get to that shot. You got to roll through me. So give me that. Or even give me Matt Riddle versus EC3 and then springboard to Velveteen. Let me see how it works. But I have to see more of Matt Riddle. So from my opinion of Riddle, the jury's still out. Mm -hmm. I'm glad he's happy to be here. But now I'm past it. Show me more. Don't just come out like Cassius Ono was for the last year and a half. I'm Cassius Ono. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, you suck. You look like a fat, obese Triple H. I hate you. I hate everything you stand for. <laughs> the best part is they tried out. They tried Cassius as a heel. They tried him as a face. They tried him as everything. And unfortunately, he's got to go back to Japan. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't fit well in the system, and he will never. He will just be the guy that's literally used as the, as the uh, uh, doorstop, if you will. To get to the next door. Pretty much. <clears throat> so, Pretty much. But War Games, stellar pay-per-view. There was not a thing wrong with it. And even like I said, the Kari Zane and Shayna Baszler match wasn't a disappointment. Just was the lowest rated match for me on the card. I'm going yeah, yeah. to give that about a three. Right just because out of the, all the battles I've seen these two ladies have, I really expected more. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, it didn't live up for me. The Pirate Princess and the Queen of Spades, they let me down. This was like the fifth or sixth time they faced each other. And yeah, every yeah. other match I can remember clear as a bell. This one, all I remember is that Baszler won. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the falls. I wasn't invested this time around because um, I'm done. I'm done. And now that Shayna Baszler has successfully retained the title, I see Kari Zane coming up 
Mm-hmm. I see her going to Raw though, because you can't have Oscar and Kari on the same show, because then it'll just be Japan versus Japan. I we need we need her in Raw. Totally, that's where we need her just just to kind of have that that spacing. You know what I mean? That spacing, like you like when Baszler comes up, they're not going to put Baszler on Raw because all we'll ever see all we will ever see at that point is Rousey versus Baszler. I don't want to see that. Put Baszler on SmackDown. Yeah. Give me Baszler versus Becky Lynch, Baszler versus Charlotte, Baszler versus Asuka. Give me those. Shut up and take my money. Yeah. Don't give me Rousey versus Baszler 1 through 27. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it at all. But um so that's my whole take on NXT Takeover. What about what about you? Um <clears throat> I actually thought I saw a complete uh changing of every single bit of the guard happen at uh, NXT. I was saying it the whole night. I was watching the guard completely change and I listened to every other um uh, podcaster out there. I listened to every review of NXT TakeOver and I listened to every review of Survivor Series and I did not hear one thing mentioned about what I'm about to say right now. Um, whatever. Uh, well, hold on. Don't put in Survivor Series yet. Just yeah, stick with absolutely. more games and then we'll, we'll springboard I'm, in Survivor Series. I'm, I'm literally, I'm only putting Survivor Series together with it because it is the common theme of what happened that weekend. Okay. Um, and it started with Matt Riddle. They brought Matt Riddle out there first against Cassius Ono to start with the flying knee and to start with what is the flying knee pertain to new Japan and everything about new Japan and how hard hitting they are and how they kick the crap out of each other by being about this far away from making it look like it actually is really real, but people can't tell the difference. They've been doing that normally with NXT. This pay-per-view, however, they did this in every single match. It's the reason why they put Gargano and they put Aleister Black together. It's the reason why they put Ciampa and Velveteen Dream together. And it is the reason why they put the War Games together. It's very simply because all of those, and, and Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Zane, they're very hard-hitting when it comes to the way that all of them attack their, their, that emphasis on trying to be that kind of unbelievably hard-hitting Whereas in before, it was hard-hitting, but it wasn't like New Japan, where they would go out of the way to make every single... New Japan goes out of the way to make every single move look and sound as real as humanly possible. Only, it's about... about, To the point where, to the person who is a mark in the crowd, who's even considered like that kind of a mark, whatever, a wrestling fan who's trying to sit there and trying to figure it out, is that real, is it fake? You still can't tell the difference of what's going on. I can. I'll say it's about, uh, yeah. I'd say I give it 98% yeah. accuracy out of 100. That it looks like, I sit there and I watch a new Japan match and I'm like, a lot of that looked like it hurt. Oh my God, <sighs> yes. And it's it just reminded me, you know what, there were a lot of sequences and especially when I was watching uh, Gargano versus Velveteen Dream or Gargano versus uh, Aleister Black. It was my favorite match of the whole night. Simply See, because that's surprising because you're not a Gargano guy. Yeah, and that's the you, thing. You, was, you find Gargano boring. You I found Gargano boring, and especially with his promos that were leading up to it, I was just like, you're not a bad guy. Like, you're not a bad guy in any way, shape, or form. You are a good-hearted individual. That's who you are as a person. You're I not a like bad guy. I Punisher best, though. That Punisher I loved it. I thought it was great. I loved everything about the match. I didn't like anything about Gargano going into this thing of, like, okay, I get it. Like, your whole life went downward spiral. Um, could have 
kind of dove a little bit deeper into that character of really showing me that kind of really like pathetic I am as low to the ground as humanly possible from everything that's happened to me and this is the reason why I did this to Alistair so you think the sell you think he didn't sell it correctly yeah do you put it on writing or you put it squarely on Gargano oh I put it squarely on Gargano because really? it's always okay. been the exact same okay. way every time they give him lines and then it's up to him what he does with them and it's the same thing with, with everybody so Johnny Depp school of acting if you will basically it's show like me people, show me you give a shit yeah, yeah he, it's like any director they will give you lines but it's up to you how you're the one that's going to deliver them and that's the difference between who's going to get an award academy award and who's not and so as far as I'm concerned I'm like that's really where, what it comes down to for me with just Gargano's acting chops in terms of that that's a but, good that's a good comparison really good but yeah I just that's just generally the way I always looked at it and the fact of how much oh my god how much people always consider wrestlers are not actors it's like actually they really are guys they, 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 they're well, not good actors they're not good actors but if they actually really did get into more of the acting part of it then it would actually shine through that part would shine through we all more. saw Triple H and Chaperone not every wrestler can be an actor right <laughs> right I'm taking shots of my own guy today, okay? Uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> right, but you know what? I just, I thought it, I thought um, NXT carried a theme about it that was uh, very, very, very New Japan when it came to the way that they were attributing their matches and, and to the way that they were really going all out with the 150,000 kickouts between the, um, the Velatine match and the Alistair match. It was just ridiculous of how I was just sitting there going, I can't believe how these fans aren't literally passed out right now from being so exhausted. I was. I, I but, literally, at the end of the night, I'm like, I, just, I can't even keep my eyes open. Yeah, and that's New Japan 101. Keep them kicking out, keep them kicking out. You give them the hardest move, give them a harder move the next time. So give them a harder this, move. Does this and, tie into what we were talking about last week? When totally. You and I, I kind of got into our little debate near the end of your Kenny Omega profile, which I didn't say last week was stellar. Very well done, by the way. Cheers, bro. But, um... Yeah, we talked about, um, you know, I, I had a different take on things. I said, Kenny, uh, everything's been implanted by Vince McMahon. Mm. You disagreed. You disagreed with the fact that you, you knew that it, it's what's best for business, so Kenny likes to make money, so Kenny's coming. Pretty much. Whereas I believe that, and you also said that Cody has gone on record saying WWE is, um, you know, it's not a good place. But I actually checked on some of those facts, and he never once insulted Vince McMahon. No, all he never, ever insulted, never insulted Vince. All he insulted was character development and insulted and Stardust and insulted, insulted like you know right. that kind of stuff. He basically insulted the writers, yeah, the character development and Stardust as a character. Yeah, so just making fun of it, like nothing to the point where no, it was nothing, like nothing, of, no, like, nothing I like hate WWE or no, nothing, nothing, like nothing like that, nothing like that. But so, the, so, so that's what I'm saying. Like I've always said that Vince McMahon has kept these relationships, and he's wanted to get Kenny for so long, but he never could. How do you get a guy like Kenny? Yes, you're right. If Vince McMahon wants a meeting with you, he'll take a meeting with you. Totally. Kenny would sit down with Vince McMahon like you and I are right now, stare him face to face and be like, I don't want to fucking work for your company. I swore again, I apologize. Um, but I believe that these are seeds that have been firmly planted. And now you're mentioning this theme, which I didn't see at first. So thank you for opening my eyes to that. I see it now. Again, another seed. Not directly planted by Vince McMahon, but not indirectly not planted by Vince McMahon. You see where I'm going with this? No, and Triple I feel H like is, it is. I feel like it actually really genuinely was planted by Vince simply because of the fact that... Well, well planted not by Vince, Vince through Triple H. That was planted by WWE. That was very simply... There's no way that they can't watch New Japan and think to themselves, guys, this old wrestling is boring. 
the same old, yes, you have like four or five kickouts at the end for your big match. Yes, the main event. That's usually the match where you get your four or five kickouts, make the fans exhausted. Well, why can't we every don't... match happen? Well, exactly. Yes. Why yes. can't every single match from the start of the finish make every single part of it completely change the guard? And once we get to Survivor Series, then you will really start to see where the hell this was really gone. And the whole time, I was literally sitting there, if you needed any more example of it, Go back and watch your Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada for any any one of those three 60-minute board. Well, the first one, 45. Uh, the second one, to 50. To the uh, last so one, we're hour. Up. Anyway, yeah, yeah. point is, go back and watch <laughs> any of those matches, and you will see some of the same sequences that was... I was saying it out loud while I was watching the Gargano, and I was watching, uh, and, and, and I was watching uh, Gargano versus uh, Black. Alistair Black. Yeah. I was watching that match, and I was literally watching one of their sequences that was like a couple of minutes long, and was like, this is the same sequence that I've watched from, from those two. I, I actually, I did catch that, and I went back the next day before Survivor Series, and I watched it. I know exactly which one it is. It's, yeah. It's Okada versus uh, Omega 2, and it's 30 minute, 33 to 37. Yeah, it's like thirty minutes in where they start. I to actually, actually, I actually it up. went. I went and I watched it again, and it's thirty-three to thirty-seven. That whole four-minute sequence. You go back and you watch minute eh, sixteen to twenty for Alistair yeah. Black and Gargano. Put them side by side, split screen your TV. Well, it's that's a same. big high five because same, you're you're the only sequence. you're the only one. That I did I did see that, but I didn't I didn't, I didn't pitch the whole connection. Yeah, I didn't see the whole connection, and I see where you're going with it now. So this is just another thing to take Kenny. Come over for a week. Well, Come for, over for, for a month. For everyone, really, the fact that what's going to happen is later on down the road, it's all the adjustment period of what I was talking about last week of essentially what's going to happen is, I promise you, what's going to happen is all of these guys that are coming from NXT, they're changing the game now so that once it gets up to the main roster, you are literally only going to be seeing those kinds of what you saw on NXT War Games is going to be the standard of what you will see everywhere all I hope the so. time. I hope so, but I think that's a big, that's a big really mountain to climb. Because totally. you still got Vince McMahon at the helm. And totally. Vince McMahon doesn't adapt well to change if he doesn't have competition breathing down his neck. Totally, but the fact that they were getting the fact that they were able to do a pay-per-view like that and show that on WWE television and do the exact same thing with what went on over in Survivor Series, they're doing the exact same thing in NXT UK. It's all about strong style now. It has nothing to do with these these big brute matches that's just like two guys going in there and just, you know, punching each other in clotheslines and leg drops and, you know, these these kinds of matches. And maybe if you're uh, lucky, you'll so see these kinds see, of... We won't see Bill Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar 4? Nope, we won't see any of those kinds of matches anymore. It's brilliant. And the same thing with people like Nia Jax's and these... These 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 Ugh. these do nothing. They have no contribution whatsoever to performing a good match in I, any way, shape, or form. I like how form. you mentioned just Nia Jax and nobody else. No one else, because you put a, <laughs> Nia Jax is the category of, and then you put all of those people that pertain to what how shit that girl is with all of the others, men and women, wow, and you wow, eliminate wow. all of those. Yeah, yeah. And over the course of time, all of those will be eliminated unless you have. Unless you have the ability of AJ Styles or Ricochet or any of these guys that are coming in. Or Adam Cole. Or Adam Cole. Say it. Anybody anybody who has the most unbelievable stature of both being able to perform on a microphone and being able to perform in the ring. If you don't have either of those and you are just balking on like by the tiniest little bit, 
you're not going to make it in WWE. The, you can't say that now, but you will be able to say that in, in not too long from now. 2019, 2020, somewhere in that time pr- frame, you will see that complete change in the guard. And I watched it happen in NXT War Games, I, starting with Matt Riddle. I agree with you, but I think the changing of the guard only happens when McMahon steps away and Triple H takes the full helm. I think Triple H sees the picture like we see the picture, but we're not going to be able to get the full thing. You're right, though. You're right. But let's not forget, NXT has been putting on quality pay-per-views since they started. Yeah. So every NXT pay-per-view, we always rave about it. So it's nothing new for this pay-per-view to be as excellent as every other pay-per-view has been. Yeah. The difference in this one was, you're right, the hitting was just, just a wee bit harder than usual. There was a lot of edge to this one. As opposed to everything else. I felt every single thing that happened. So what like, do you give I it? felt everything when those guys were hitting each other. What um, do you give it? Oh, I give it an A+. I give that whole pay-per-view an A+. And especially with the fact of the way that they ended War Games and they gave a new standard to the War Games match of all eight of them standing there and looking at each other from one for them in one ring, four of them in the other ring. And they're both exhausted and holding their fists up and... Their whole body shaking. Oh, back that shot where they came together. Yeah. Oh my god, it was brilliant. They I set a whole new standard for war games of myself. Fucking um, Dusty Rhodes was just up there going, "Oh baby, this is just brilliant." Like, just, <laughs> oh baby, they're just taking my match and they're just making it so brilliant. And I just—that's all I could see was just how how just like ecstatic. Dusty Rhodes was just looking down just on that one shot alone. Never mind, like, the, the oh, my God, the, what, what was it called? Um, 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 I want to say the, the big pyramid. When they, oh, the, the seven-man Yeah, the seven-man powerbomb oh slam God. pyramid. I was just like, this is ridiculous, man. You guys are setting a whole new standard. You guys are taking a whole, you're, you guys you guys are the bar. Whatever the bar is, I'm like, no, 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 you guys are the bar. <laughs> don't, don't sully the bar. Hey, they performed in a. They they did their performance at um, the the pre-show. Oh no! Their oh, per- sorry. The tag their team performance match. on SmackDown when they did their uh, the the what's called the Thanksgiving feast match. Brilliant! It was it was fantastic. Did you love it? Yeah, I loved, loved it. it. I, loved I, it. I myself, the highlight, the one few highlight for me on SmackDown <laughs> was the RKO out of nowhere, the baseball slide from Rey Mysterio right onto the mat. I was like, Yeah, that was pretty sweet. I was like that. That's insane. Like, I haven't seen Randy Orton move that fast since he was on drugs. Yep. Like, good for you, Randy. Like, good for you. It's not... I All of a sudden, paint's drying just a little bit quicker today. Right. Good for you. But yeah, you know what? I give... Um, it was a stellar pay-per-view, but I'm harder than you. Because uh, I want more. I expect more out of NXT. And so, will. For, for me... You will. I, uh, I get to give it an A-. minus Just because Shayna Baszler and Kari Zane brought it down for me. I expect the card to be fluent. I expect the card to be 150 every match. I felt like they only gave me 90. And I felt I could have got, you know, that, that 10 or 20 more percent that would have bumped it up to the A-plus for me. So for me, War Games was stellar, but I got to give it an A-minus just because Karzane and Shayna Baszler, who I'm both bo- a big fan of because I just hate Baszler. I hate everything about her, but I love her as a heel. Yeah. And I, I just, I love Karzane. So that match for me, I was looking forward to it. That match was one of the matches I was looking most forward to other than, um, well, I was looking forward to every match on the card, but that match I was looking forward to, especially because I love to see the girls. I love to see the future of the NXT business. I love to see what the women that are coming up. I love to see who I I want to picture who I'm drafting, where I'm putting them, how I'm placing them. And those two chess pieces, 
they left me like a Sasha Banks and a Bailey very mid card uh, after that match. It just that match disappointed me. It really did. I, I think about it now, and it still it still gets under my skin about just how they could have given me more. And I don't think I don't felt that they gave me enough. I felt they gave me a lot of evolution. Didn't give me enough tonight. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that whole thing had nothing to do with Kyrie Zane. Unfortunately, I feel like that whole thing was all about that Justin was all about Duke just introducing about, uh, this stupid click. Now yeah. this the four horsewoman of UFC. Totally. It's all coming to fruition. So let's, uh, you know what, let's, uh, got a little bit of time left. Let's springboard, uh, let's not take too much time, maybe 15, 20 on Yeah, this. you want to just go through like the highlights of, uh, let's go through the highlights of Survivor Series. Okay, Slam. let's break, let's break it down. So you had the pre-show match, which was the only win for SmackDown, but they're not recording it. They're yeah. not saying it happened. So what wow. a match though. What a match. <laughs> Great match. Great match. The Usos, man. Oh, I just can't say enough. It was a stellar, stellar match all around, but, um, they're just saying Raw swept the whole thing. They didn't. It was 6-1. But whatever, fine. Yeah. You swept the whole thing. Plus, who cares? Uh, you guys wrote it that way. Let's like, go. that's not a real thing. You guys wrote it that way. <laughs> let's go with, I mean, let's go with uh, Seth Rollins, Shinsuke Nakamura. I've been waiting, oh, yeah. I've been waiting for these two to lock horns. And, I mean, Monday Night Rollins is Monday Night Rollins. And you throw Shinsuke in. I haven't seen Shinsuke have a match like that in a very long time. Most of the time, he's on his knees just low-blowing somebody. I watched that match four times. It was that row. good. I literally it watched that, that match good, four times. One after the other, after the after the pay-per-view was over, I watched it again, and then like two more times the next day. And that just springboarded everything. And now we know we're going to see Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose for the IC title at uh, TLC. Pretty sure that's going to be the other TLC match yeah. in the card. Because now we know we're going to get uh, Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin in the TLC match. They usually always do two TLC matches. So those will most likely be the two TLCs, unless they're going to give one TLC match to SmackDown. Now, um, we uh, will go forward to the women's uh, Survivor Series match. We had, um, you know, a couple things changed, obviously, with Becky Nose getting broken. Charlotte had to move into there. Then they had to bring in, um, what was her name? Who was the replacement for her on the women's team? Oh, Charlotte Flair. No, no, Charlotte Flair was the replacement for Becky. Oh, for, who for took Becky. Charlotte Flair's place on um, the who took team? Becky's? Who took Charlotte's place? I actually can't even remember because that match was basically like a, I just didn't give a shit like at all. Fair I enough. I could have cared less. Fair enough. Um, but that match was, again, a match that I was looking forward to seeing because last year's match was so stellar. I wanted to see how they were going to perform this year. And uh, it was so-so. I mean, you got to see Alexa Bliss coming out as kind of like the GM looking all drop-dead gorgeous as she always does. And... Um, yeah, your face pretty much said it right there. You just yawned. Yeah, that's pretty much was the match. But, but that what, was what the what, match felt like to what me. What I did love about the match, and this pains me so much to say it, was Nia Jax. Not wrestling. Yeah. She can't do that. But what I did love was the attitude. The edge. The walking around, blowing air on her fist, wiping it off. Yeah, like this is the fist that broke your hero's nose. And I, I really did like it. And then just to add a little salt to the wounds for the WWE Universe, who's the sole survivor? Yeah. Nia Jax. She inadvertently screws over, well, not inadvertently, on purpose, screws over her other surviving team member, Sasha Banks, gets her eliminated, then goes in for the easy win. Okay, so that's what actually took place at the end of that match. Yeah, yeah, she pushed Sasha Banks off the top rope. Sasha got eliminated, and then she went in and just cleaned up the mess. I think Asuka was the other one left who was last year's previous Soul Survivor. Now Nia Jax is this year's year's Soul Survivor. She out-survived everybody else. Yeah, yeah. And now we know she's got her sights set on Rousey at TLC. 
Yeah, yeah. What the stipulation in that match will be, there probably won't be a stipulation in that one. That'll just be a match. Yeah. That'll just be a match. A very boring one at that. Yes, but I do love, I do love, I mean, you got to give her credit, dude. She's, she hooked me in too. I'm sitting on a TV, I'm growling, I'm, I'm hating her in disdain because of what she did to Becky, who's, you know, I love Becky Lynch. We all mm-hmm. love Becky Lynch. She did, she broke her nose. She took her out of the match we all wanted to see. Absolutely. Thank God, thank God they had Charlotte Flair wait in the wings because God knows if they had put like Naomi in there to replace her, I would have shot myself in the head. I and that's, like, that's, like, the, that's the same thing. I got nothing to invest in. I got nothing to invest in in any way that's not even a heel heat. It's not even heel heat because I respect heel heat. I totally do. I love heel heat. If you're good at being a heel, I think it's awesome. Um, Nia's just shit at life. So as far <laughs> as I'm concerned, I'm like, that's not heel heat. Um, that's actually somebody who made a point, who hit someone, took them out of the pay-per-view, the biggest match of the whole pay-per-view. And then furthermore, I get it. You're going out there and gloating like a heel. But actually, um, I wanted to see that match. I didn't want to see I you did, walking out there I and did blowing too, your... but you got to give her credit because, as we all know in this business, reactions are what count. Oh, totally. And she got, every time she she even stepped in the ring, it's just a chain of booze. Oh, exactly. And that's why to me, I'm like, you guys shouldn't even be booing that. You guys should just literally let a pin drop. Because seriously, the more, you're, the more you're actually reacting to it, the more you're actually just like... Really working yourselves because you're just giving her more work. When in actuality, I'm like, I don't want you to have more work. You don't deserve to have more work. You gave us bad matches before, and we all know that you're going to go in there and you're going to have your match with Ronda, and it's going to be boring too. So that means to me, I'm like, why the hell are you even wasting your time with this waste of time anymore? It's like, it's cool. You guys guys go ahead. You guys do what you want. You're all fired up. I'm contented with your decision making, but Jesus, man, I'm not going to, I don't even care. You guys are weird. We can, (laughs) we can go, we can go back and forth all day, but the point is, is she will face Rousey at TLC and she will lose. She yeah, will not yeah. win. Absolutely. But you gotta give her credit for actually, or you gotta give the writers credit to be like, you know what? As they always do, this isn't the first time they something accidentally has happened that they sold it. They yeah, sold yeah. it as or as this was planned. It wasn't planned, but she got, from what I understand, she got penalized and raked over the coals backstage for what Oh, she totally, did. totally. But at the same time, well, you know what? You screwed everything up, or now we're gonna run with it because this is gonna give momentum towards Rousey. So what this does, in essence, yes, it'll be a boring match, but it'll be a match where we see her get her ass kicked yet again. So I'm not worried about it. Do I think she's going to beat Rousey? Hell no. Hell no. Yeah, I just don't want to see it. I Rousey, like to Rousey I'm just on like, I don't care day. what you guys do. I don't want to. I just don't want to see it. Well, <laughs> luckily enough, it'll be very early on in the card at TLC, so you'll yeah. forget about it. It'll be match one, match two. It won't be the main event. The main event at TLC will be Braun Strowman versus uh, Baron Corbin as the undercard main event and the actual other main event, if we're going to go TLC match, probably going to say Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, rematch for the title, TLC match. Yep. That will be, those will be the matches that we all want to see because everybody wants to see Baron working at Wimpy's Diner, waiter, vest, stupidness, get his ass kicked by Braun Strowman. Amazing. Now, unfortunately, uh, KFAB-wise, Braun Strowman apparently broke his hand Due to Baron Corman, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre on Monday Night Raw, he sold it so well. It was kind of like he's sitting there going, I can't feel my fingers, but he's grabbing his elbow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was sold. I remember that. It was sold great because I can't feel my fingers. Why are you grabbing your elbow? Yeah. I, I don't get it. 
but I'm gonna you 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 sounded like a really jacked up Colonel Sanders. And even the camera angle they used, they made it look actually really good. Even they did. Well, the thing, camera just just really slightly panned back behind Bobby Lashley for the stairs to go down, quote unquote, and bust right? and bust his hand. <laughs> so it's all good. Um, how that match will play out of TLC. <laughs> It'll most likely be Baron Corbin winning because Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre will interfere because now we've got this little click developing between Lashley, McIntyre, and Corbin. Yeah. And the end game being that Drew McIntyre is going to find a way to screw Braun Strowman out of his title shot. That's the way I kind of see that going because Drew McIntyre is due for a springboard right to the main event, in my opinion. Oh, for sure. Uh, and not because he's a fellow Scotsman, and we're all beautiful men. I'm actually, you'll be surprised, I'm actually anticipating him to be actually one of the main events in WrestleMania. I'm actually, I am too. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely planning for him to, to be. I'm banking on it. Okay, he will well, be the main event. Well, sec- this is his second coming, right? He kind of squandered all that the first time around where he pulled a Jinder Mahal, didn't listen, didn't want to do anything by the book, yeah. went out, found himself, came back, and now he's got the right state of mind. So that's what I mean. They gave the title to Jinder. Drew will get his title shot, 150%. Yeah. And actually, I think for my next superstar profile, I think that's actually what I'm going to do is uh, Drew McIntyre. Well, I got December. Okay, December well, for, is me. Well, then that's you. you. So for the next one, for the next one that I do, January. it'll be on Drew McIntyre for sure. Because everybody needs to know just what the hell this guy did when he went away. Because it's not the normal thing that what most people, most, well, what most taking, people just kind of went away and made a little name for them, made a name for themselves and came back. This guy did like abnormally, the, the more much more so than that. I'm actually for my superstar profile. I was toying around with the idea, but it kind of got shoved in the right direction after War Games. I'm gonna go Ricochet. Right on. I want to break down the history of the sh- very short but successful career of this man now and where we see him going in the future because you can't have a name like Ricochet unless you're ricocheting right to the top. Right. Which and is where this guy's going. And that's actually a really good one to do considering the fact of how much those two actually really kind of piggybacked off of each other to 100%. get to where they're at and to really big their, their names up tr- tremendously to get where they're at. Yeah, so uh, Ricochet will be December's profile and then... Drew McIntyre will be January's. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's get back quickly and, and on this train here now. So then let's go into um, a couple of the other matches. Um, you had uh, the men's Survivor Series match. It wasn't a surprise. Braun Strowman dominated the whole thing because they're trying to big him up. And you know he was going to get his title shot if he did what he if he yeah. did what Stephanie asked him to do. And he was going to get a shot at, at Corbin. So why wouldn't they allow him to do it? But then the cheap shot to Corbin at the end. The match was so-so. The fact that Braun handled everything i thought it was great i thought it was awesome they, it, was, they, they let him do it finally of like good you finally let him go in there and take the whole thing like the way he's supposed to it's like hell in a cell all over again or not hell in a cell uh, elimination chamber all over again from from last year it was like 2016 or something like that and you, you got a chance to actually finally go in and clean sweep everything yeah so it's um it was it was the way the match you way you expected the match to go down raw winning not a yeah. big surprise then we get into what I perceive, and I'm sure you agree with me, to be one of the two matches of the night. The other match of the night was Daniel Bryan, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And thankfully to Daniel Bryan's credit, who did an amazing, fantastic job, and Brock Lesnar. There was a lot of back and forth in that match. There was a lot of greatness in that match. And Daniel Bryan is a heel. I'm still pissed that they took it away from AJ the way they did. I mean, another low blow to the balls. Just give me a break. If Daniel Bryan had won it cleanly... I would have been okay, or if he had hit him over the head with the belt or something like that, but the low blow to the ball's got to stop. I'm pissed that they literally went in there and wrote AJ Styles and Brock Lesnar from last year. They gave us the same damn match from last year. It was literally the same everything. 
They literally had AJ Styles come in the week before. It was Jinder Mahal versus Brock Lesnar last year. And then they announced it like that. And then they went and they made Daniel and they made AJ Styles win it like the week before. And all of a sudden, AJ Styles and Brock Lesnar. Who knew? They went in there. AJ Styles gets suplexed to shit for the whole match. Comes back and almost wins. And then gets caught in the air from Phenomenal Elbow and F5. And he loses. And I'm like, you literally wrote the same damn match as you did last year in every I felt, respect. I, I felt that I felt that this match was... I mean, I'm a big AJ Styles fan. We all know this. There's no secret about that. But I felt that this match was the best because we had Daniel Bryan in it. And it was yeah. nice to see the David versus Goliath factor yeah. that we had, right? And it was amazing. It was amazing match all around. And I think this was one of the matches on the card that were fantastic. Um, yeah, okay, it was the same match. You'd have the same ending. We knew that Brock Lesnar was going to beat Daniel Bryan. No offense to Daniel Bryan. He's a great, great wrestler, great champion. But it just it doesn't make sense to have Daniel Bryan get one over on Brock Lesnar if AJ Styles couldn't get one over on Brock Lesnar. No, absolutely. I put, I put Daniel and AJ as the same caliber, and their matches that they've had leading up to this changing of the guard with the title, they were all great. I just wish that they would have... If Daniel was going to turn heel... Let him hit the belt, or let him let him do something like a chair shot. But but the whole boat, yeah, no, that that that's not classy for me. And that's why I was upset. Not upset that Daniel Bryan's now the champion. Just upset the way they did it. Like, come on, like, I, really? Yeah, I get it, dude. Okay, we all don't like his balls for whatever reason. At least AJ Styles got him. He's not like fucking Finn Balor, right? Or whatever. I don't want to get into that. Um, so that match was probably my second favorite match on that card. Um, the first, my first all time favorite match of this particular Survivor Series. Has to, has to, has to be uh, Rousey versus Charlotte Flair. This match told an epic story of greatness. It told an epic story of the, these two larger-than-life females, the baddest bitch on the planet and the baddest woman in the wrestling ring. And yeah. they tore the house down. What was unfortunate that we didn't have a definitive winner, but that's okay. I'm okay with that because there's a reason why, and I'll get into it in a second. WrestleMania. You just, you, you took the wind right out of my sails. Yes. It seems quite obvious. That yeah, Charlotte Flair will be drafted to Raw in the upcoming weeks or when they do the draft, usually after Royal Rumble. Yeah. You jerk. And she'll get moved over into Raw. And yes, we'll see Rousey versus Flair at WrestleMania. I didn't mean to take the wind out of your sails. I, I just took a guess. Took the wind. You know what? Just I'm just going to shoot myself. I just, you know, I just took a guess. Okay? Just, whatever. That's fine. No, I forgive you. But, yeah, Thank so that, that will happen at WrestleMania. But this match was great. We didn't have a definitive winner, but that's okay because we know WrestleMania is... That'll be the definitive... Yeah. We'll get our answer then. Yeah. What I did love about this match was when Charlotte snapped, she didn't snap just once. She went away. She came back, snapped again, and just annihilated Rousey. Yeah, the refs I, then got her out of the ring, and then, like, no, I'm still going to come back and come yeah, kick your ass again. Still come back, and, and she did, and she did a great job, and Rousey did a great job of selling the beat down, but also at the end, walking out, much like you said, as a true champion. The fans, not very receptive to her. In the beginning, they cheered. At the end, for whatever reason, they booed. I'm not sure if they were inadvertently booing Charlotte, then it booed into Rousey. Maybe they were pissed off because we didn't get a definitive winner because of Nia Jax getting involved and taking Becky out of the match. Maybe they all had it in their head. There would have been a definitive winner. I think that's why Ronda was getting so much heat for that. Was it wasn't her fault? I don't think it, it was, was Jax's was fault. Her. Jax is the, the one that screwed. Oh, the Raw brand screwed the match, so we're just gonna yell at everyone who's yeah. on Raw. Yeah, it was that was that was pretty much the uh, the whole theme of the night. Yeah, but I will say this is that I love how Charlotte Flair has not specified why she did what she did. 
has not come out and cut a promo. But somebody did cut a promo. Somebody cut a promo on Monday Night Raw that, in my opinion, was her best promo. And we'll, we'll close the show out with this promo. And I think that Ronda deserves credit for this one. This one, she was fluid. She was comfortable. And I see the my skills developing better and better. And this promo was glimpses of what I could see in the future as she's getting on her road to WrestleMania. And we see this whole build-up between her and Flair, which we all know will happen. Yeah. Um, but... The, the Survivor Series as a whole, for me, was... Oh, we also forgot to mention the tag team match. My apologies. Uh, the Bar versus... Who did they versus? The New Day, AOP. Right? Oh, sorry. AOP. Thank you. Authors of Pain. Uh, <laughs> and the Bar came out with Big Show. And, oh, man. They made that guy piss himself. That yeah. was that was genius. That I shared that right away on the Straight Talk page. That was the goofy moment of the night. And I loved, I loved the laugh for Big Show because you know it was all planned. Because as he's holding... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Drake Maverick. As he's holding Drake Maverick, Maverick is pushing on something on his pants. Yeah, he wasn't firing off, so he, had to, like, he was trying to put like he was holding his pants, like he was like trying to he was trying to make it fire, and it wouldn't go, and so he actually went and had to push the button to make it go off. <laughs> so okay, we had a misfire on the pissing of the pants. Yeah, but I loved it. It was a great moment for an uh, entertaining pay per view. Yeah, okay, so whatever. It was a cheesy moment, but it was a moment. Oh, was and great. what was great about the moment was just Big Show walking right by the camera, literally bellowing laughter. Yep. Literally bellowing laughter. And that match was also an impressive match on its own. And that um, was awesome because Drake went in. That was actually uh, from, from earlier on in the night. Drake, he had gone over to, uh, they did their usual, just send the random guy out. To the, to the table and then see how they interview people at the table, deal with it, and start to, you know, do your little back-and-forth pre-show crap. Um, Drake goes out, and apparently all they have to ask him is about how you're going to handle Big Show and what are you going to do because they could, like, that's you. You're super small. What are you going to do with Big Show? And he's like, oh, I could t- I've eaten way bigger guys like Big Show for breakfast. And just, like, these things like that that he did, just was talking all this shit and then went out there and pissed himself. And I thought the whole thing was just brilliant. It was amazing. It was good. The, the whole, the pay-per-view as a whole, the weekend as a whole, stellar. For me, Survivor yeah. Series entertainment-wise, everything. Everything for me, even the, you know, the boring matches that we did, ha- we did have, the few and far between boring matches that we did have, which was really only one, which was the women's. That was kind of a, eh. But that Rousey versus Flair definitely made up for it in spades. Uh, I have to say, I'm going to give Survivor Series, and this is a big for me because I gave an A- to NXT, but every match had its moments enough in there to make me invested. Mm-hmm. So i got to give it an A+. And it's been a while since we've graded and we don't do these rundowns, these breakdowns, post any pay-per-views because they yeah. never really worked well. You guys don't like listening to them, but you know what? It's our show, and Steve and I felt that this is something we needed to talk about. This is a really important show. It really was. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Survivor Series an A plus for me. Just on the entertainment value, WWE finally literally had a pay per view where every match was entertaining. And I wasn't feeling this pay per view going into it. Yeah, a lot of nobody was. Like but no one I was. I think that's the reason why it was so entertaining because our expectations were so low yep. that they over exceeded those low expectations. So I gotta give kudos to the writers, kudos to Vince McMahon on this one, and we don't really give credit to Vince McMahon at all on this show. But I will say that that was one hell of a pay-per-view. It was one hell of a weekend. Yep. And right after that, we're going to play this promo, and then we're going to say our goodbyes. But, uh, you know, Steve, what are you thinking? I I loved it, man. I thought that I thought that the, the, the whole pay-per-view was absolutely stellar. Um, there were, you know, obviously, the little minor moments where you can look at and go, like, 
Uh, that was kind of weird because it's, you know, typical WWE weird writing. But, like, at the exact same time, though, there was very little of it. It was very little of it. And um, from the, the whole thing what we were talking about before of NXT and all changing the guard, this New Japan uh, change, I really believe that that's what happened in Survivor Series when they put together. That's why they put together Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura. That's why they were going to put together uh, AJ Styles. That's why they had AJ Styles and Brock Lesnar, too. Um, and then they changed it to Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar, too. Um, they, they completely, I'm trying to think of, uh, the, and then, of course, there's Ronda Rousey and, uh, and Charlotte Flair, which was and the, the actual bar, And match. the bar versus AOP, which and the bar versus AOP, very hard, very hitting hard hitting. And they yeah. were just very, very hard hitting. And I noticed the same thing even on the pre-show match. This is what I was trying to think of. If you need any more exa- exemplification of this, you just good need to go back and check out the pre-show match. Yes, it was 20 dudes. Standing on the like, they had to they had to pan the camera at certain angles because there were so many dudes that were standing on on the apron, and it was very much a reminder of that's that's the way they used to do the Survivor Series matches. They would take literally it was be like ten on ten for like half the pay per view minus the one singles matches, and um, I thought it was a great reflection of that, but also at the exact same time of the way that they were pairing the old versus the new, how they were having. Um, they were, I, I forget the actual, because the match was happening so quickly, but it was all this old versus new and everybody who was going in there, it was incredibly, incredibly hard hitting, incredibly, even from the, just adding Lucha house party, it was to the point of like, they were really going out of their way to match everybody very, very well this weekend to really change the guard in that sense to, to just give them great dance partners of the, okay, this is what these guys strengths are. Let's put them together. And let's give them great from every single match from start to finish. And that included even on the pre-show. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, to wrap all of this up in a nice little bow, I think that um, this is just going to continue to evolve this way. I think we're going to see it in, these, in, these inc- in this very incremental way that we're seeing it. But I really do believe genuinely and very passionately that all of what we're seeing on NXT is going to just move right to the... So the main roster, and once that happens, is going to be full of this this new Japan changing of the guard thing that has been kind of the, the theme of the topic tonight. And so I'm just very excited for it. All right. Well, that's it in the books. Next week is the first week of December, so that means my spin at the wheel. And we already know I'm going to do Ricochet. So look out for that next week. That'll be super, super exciting. And yeah. um, well, actually, next week is the last week of November. You know what? We'll do the profile early because we are going to take our break in December. So next week, we're going to do Ricochet. It's early. It's my Christmas gift to everyone out there. I'm going to tell you the life and times so far of Ricochet. Yay! Stan is coming! Yes. So that's going to be next week's show. Uh, and then obviously next week we will announce the previous week's show or the next week's show. So stay tuned for all that. And don't forget, January 1st, episodes 20 to 41 will be, or sorry, 20 to 40 will be gone. They will no longer be available on any of our platforms. So download them, listen to them, keep them while you can because January 1st, New Year's Day, they're gone. Finito. Kabutski. And then, of course, we're going to streamline right into TLC. And then, uh, last, like I said, the last three weeks of December, Steve and I are taking a break to enjoy the holidays with our families. We will be back first Friday in January to discuss all things as we usually do. So we're going to close the show out with this promo because I want everybody to really hear it and appreciate it for what it is and see the coming of Ronda Rousey into full form. We already, she already had the wrestling. She already kind of had the look. Now, she's actually getting the mic skills. So check this one out. And as always, I'm your host the most, George Wakai. I'm Steve the Animal Mitchell, everyone. We'll see you next week for Ricochet Superstar Profile. So I understand at TLC I'm going to defend my title against Nia Jax. 
very aware of how dangerous Nia Jax is. I mean, just look at what she did to Becky's face. But at TLC, I am going to tap out Nia Jax. And win, lose, or draw, and it's going to be a win. After I'm done with Nia, the next chapter of Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair is going to be written. Some way, somehow, I'm going to find you, Charlotte Flair, and we're going to finish what we started last night. so much for tuning in. Catch us every Wednesday at 7.30 on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Also, be sure to follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. some car repairs to do, but I could only pay for half of them. Brokers Lamina at 1-800-NEW-CREDIT made the difference between stressed out driving and a smooth ride to work. Mark went the extra mile on his repairs with a loan from Brokers Lamina at 1-800-NEW-CREDIT. It's easy to apply over the phone or online at Lamina.ca. Get approved instantly up to $1,000 with no documents or credit checks and pay back over three to five months. Spice up your week and call 1-800-NEW-CREDIT or apply online at Lamina.ca. 